The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to the Friday episode. Today, right across from me, I got to do this with my own damn kid. Makes me sad. (laughs) Makes me sad. So my guest host today is Jacob Matthew Alexander. Say hi, Jake. Hello, it's me. It is you. Again. (laughs) Again. Like about a month ago, we had one where I was on. Right, yeah, it was another emergency one where uh, we had to have you on. Do you want to tell them why it's an emergency today? or? Oh, they already know, because, you know, uh, well, it just is. They don't need to know that shit. Yeah, I figured I'd, uh, <laughs> figured if they wanted to know. Yeah, you never know. Anyway, if they do, they can, they can freaking send me an email. All right, so here's what I got for you today, Jake. I got a guy by the name of Joel Ripken, or his AKA is Joel the Ripper. Ah, well, Joel the Ripper, like Jack the Ripper. Like Jack the Ripper, but not in England. Joel the Ripper, a.k.a. Jack the Ripper, Great Value Edition. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> that, was, that, that was actually pretty good. Goddamn. I mean, hey, anything that's Great Value version joke, it's always <laughs> the easiest ones to make. So let's talk about Joel. Jesus Christ, this is going to be an episode. So Joel Dean Ripkin was born on January 20th of 1959. His, his birth parents were actually just young college students, and his biological father was an army vet. So, you know, he went and did, did his service, and his, and his parents are in college. Good old college love. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've had many of those. <laughs> Even when you're not in college. Yeah, that's true. On February 14th, so it's a Valentine's Day, when he was only three weeks old, he was adopted out, and he was adopted by an upper-middle-class couple from Long Island, New York. Bernard... And Janine Rifkin. That's how he got his last name. Okay. Uh, he has one sister, and her name is Jan. And I, from what I surmise by reading, is that I think Jan is probably like either, probably the bio daughter of the adopted parents. Of the adopted parents. That's that's kind of the vibe that I get. I mean, it's either that or they adopted two different kids from two different families. No, and then that could have happened. That's that's kind of common. People tend to do that shit. So, yeah. But who knows? Let's find out more. <laughs> his father was a structural engineer, so this is his adopted father, um, who was an all-star athlete, all-star athlete in school and excellent at mathematics. And you'd have to be great at math to be a fucking engineer. It's not like you can sit there and go, I can't do basic math, but I'm going to design a building. You're not going to fucking do that. I mean, you can certainly design one. You just can't design blueprints for one. (laughs) You can... I I can do something like that, too. I'm not going to try to... uh, Like load-bearing beams and shit like that. (laughs) That shit, I I can't understand, like, all the structure shit. I just know how to make shit look pretty. It's shit's harder than you think, man. I remember like me and uh, one of my ex-wives before you were born. Uh, we went to a thing on engineering cuz she was uh, she's an architect. One or two. Uh, number two. Okay. And they had a thing where and it was uh, you know, it was all in DOS and shit. Um, because it was a basic program, but it was uh, to design a bridge. So you got to, you know, you got to design your own bridge and see if it would hold up. I'm great at math. Excellent at math. None of my bridges worked. All of my bridges collapsed. Yeah, if I recall correctly, in order to have a bridge that actually goes into production, there needs to be like ninety nine point like fifteen nines 
uh, percent for it to not fail. Yeah, that, there's some serious shit that goes into that shit. So I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm not going to be a structural engineer. Yeah, I recall saying, like, if it was just 99.9, it's a terrible bridge. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, when, uh, when he was young, though, his family was very loving and supportive. However, Joel struggled with coordination, so he wasn't very coordinated. And his father tried to teach him uh, how to catch a football. And since that, that, that was his dad's legacy when, when he was in college and in yeah. school. He was a great athlete, right? Honestly, I get it. I, I, I have horrible coordination as well. I totally get it. Well. Best I can do is one, two, one, two. <laughs> not talking about your masturbating habits, bro. <laughs> it's not right. You need Jesus, man. So I don't open your door. Or when I have to open your door, I do it with like my eyes closed. Please tell me he's not jerking off, for fuck's sake. You just got to, like, put a blindfold on, just like, Like hey. a blind ninja. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My eyes are closed. I don't want to see. <laughs> so, anywho, Joel wasn't able to figure out how to catch a football. This is not coordinated, right? And this wouldn't, it wouldn't be long before he was deemed a great disappointment, a great disappointment in his dad's eyes. Because he's uh, he was a super me- mega star with football in his school right. days. Right, right, you know, and then Joel can't do it, so... It was kind of a letdown, so I can kind of see where he's early on kind of getting programmed. Because when you don't get accepted by your parents that you interact with on a daily basis, like, you know, you and I have always interacted almost on a daily fucking basis all your life. And as everybody knows, I'm horrible with, like, music stuff. I barely know anything about uh, anything with music. But Right, and, right. And we but, both understand that. I'm not, yeah. I'm, that's just not my passion. Right, right. You know, I'm not sitting there going, oh, my son's not a fucking musician. He can't read music. He can't compose. Fu-. Nothing like that, you know? And I'm not sitting here just groaning and moaning about how he can't even draw a fucking stick figure. I can't. Two straw stick figures. Just everything looks like a stick figure. What's that, Scott? That looks like a stick man. That's a house. That's a stick man. No, that one's a dog. What's that one? That's a sunset. It's all stick figures. Oh, that one looks really good. Is that a house? No, that's fucking Charles. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even worse, my mom. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Continue. <laughs> so, Joel, also, he didn't do very well in school, both academically and socially. I, I, you, did, I, you did good academically until you started fucking up. Until 2020 happened. Yeah. COVID. Uh, no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like COVID thing. For those that don't know, I, I was really good at school. I was always gained like at least above average, like B's and whatnot. Yeah, A's and B's, man. A's and B's. It was always A's and B's. And then uh, last year of schooling, I almost actually failed because I do horribly without that direct interaction. Right. 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 And, you know, I've actually I've discussed that with people before when I was thinking about going back to college to uh, to get my Ph.D. for music. Is you that your uh, master's? I've already got a master's. Oh, yeah, the doctorate thing. Yeah, it's okay. only get my doctorate. Um, you know, people say, well, you know, you can do your thesis online. You can take most of your classes online. I can't because because I you're suffer old from school, basically. Well, I suffer from ADOS, which is attention deficit. Oh, shiny. <laughs> because seriously, I'll be fucking. This has happened actually during band practice. Um, we were. You know, it, we, we were in the living room, and I'm, I'm practicing with the band, and we're in the middle of a fucking song. I look outside, and I see a squirrel, literally. And I went, holy shit, guys, a fucking squirrel. Mid-song. I'm gone, because now I see a fucking squirrel. 
<laughs> and it's all over. And unfortunately, the dipshits in my pan in the past, they, everybody follows me. They're, no shit, man, a squirrel. Let's go all look at the squirrel. It's like, uh, you guys uh, got to rein me in. I'm too retarded to fucking do this shit on my own. should have changed your band name from Twisted Blue to ADOS. No shit. <laughs> all righty. That was so, like the third cutaway. Let's actually get into what this dude. Yeah, let's about. Have, let's get through this so we can get through a whole episode. <laughs> it's gonna be like a freaking ten parter because of our, all of our bullshit. So, um, his uh, academic and social, uh, you know, just not doing well in that was actually due to undiagnosed dyslexia. Dyslexia. Yeah, yeah that's it. Dyson, isn't that a fucking it, vacuum? No, it's it, totally uh, <laughs> when you can't read right. Yeah. <laughs> What, what is this, uh, Mrs. Twisted? <laughs> That's fucking awesome. So I'm wearing my Twisted Blue shirt. So um, officials all thought that he actually had mental issues and that he was actually just stupid, like fucking mentally retarded, right? Rifkin actually had an IQ of 128, which puts him about in the average le- level. So he wasn't like retarded, nothing like that. It's yeah, if I recall IQ. correctly, the average is roughly 125, right? Give or take. Actually, that scale has changed year by year. Because like, people keep getting stupider and stupider. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, just the standards change. But no, I agree. Some, I mean, it's just what, every time you actually gave me a really great, uh, a really great uh, uh, saying, which is that um, there's not more stupid people. It's just more prevalent. <laughs> the, what I specifically said was people aren't getting dumber. They're just becoming louder. No, oh, that was it. Yeah. Because of the internet and whatnot. But let's continue on. <laughs> That's the fucking truth, though, man. Fuck. Yeah. Let's continue on. Let's try to avoid cutting off like. Oh, no. I'm going to keep going because that's just part of the fucking thing. Anyway, his slump posture and slow gait made him the target of ridicule. Classmates, his classmates, classmates nicknamed him Turtle and excluded him from all from activities and bullied him just absolutely fucking relentlessly always being bullied. That's actually kind of a cute nickname honestly. I would I would dig that. I you know if somebody you know if one of my friends was named Turtle. Uh I had a friend of mine and one of her son's friends was named Fish. Do you mean that whenever he lost his eyes he's just called Fish? Fish. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> Rifkin joined the, the, the school newspaper, and fairly shortly after that, somebody stole his fucking camera. <laughs> so this dude's got, like, Shitty, fucked. Shittiest luck in the world. I never really understood uh, school newspapers, honestly. It gives you what's going on at school. Yeah. And Whenever I was at school, we, 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 had, we had a club for that. Oh, yeah. They, they made newspapers once every year. <laughs> Oh, that's fucked up because a lot of like when I was in high school and, and through college, um, if you're on the school newspapers, usually people who want to get into journalism, you know, you either want to be a writer, something like that. Because yeah. the newspaper will give you basic. It gives you the basic details structure. of what's yeah. going on around the area. Well, and it also teaches you basic structure and proper grammar and things like that. So it's understood. Um, so uh, to avoid the psychological torture, um, he became good at devising strategies of, to avoid his classmates. With no sanctuary at home due to his father's disappointment, and not, of course not at school because of the constant bullying, Joel just hid in his room. He became increasingly more isolated. Uh, and Are you sure we're not talking about me today? 
<laughs> I don't allow you to isolate yourself in your room, man. I come right out and go, you got fucking get up? You come out of your room, fucker? That's that positive reinforcement, by the way, boys and girls. Sure. So, becoming increasingly more isolated and creating a fantasy world for himself to live in. Which, it makes sense, because if... I swear, I think you're just talking about me. I, you're basically doing everything except for the football part. <laughs> Fabulous. But, no, I can understand him creating his own little fantasy world, because yeah. if, if your dad is letting you know that you're a disappointment to him, and then... You can't catch a ball. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, you know, over, to me, it's something small. Like, you can't catch a football, and you're not good at sports like I am. Well, number one, you two don't share the same genetic makeup. But and top, you don't but, share the same experience and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Right, you know, and plus he, you know, he was kind of slumped over and he had a hard time walking. So, yeah, and then you go to school and you got all your your fellow students giving you shit. I mean, that's I I totally get it. I totally get why he's like, fuck this. I'm just gonna hide up by myself. I'm gonna avoid everybody, and just kind of do my own thing. Yeah, that's more or less what I did when I where I was up with your parents' uh, house. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> We've had that discussion. Yeah. So Joel graduated in 1977 from East Meadows High School. So at least he graduated, right? He didn't drop out, so we got to give him He didn't drop out. He probably passed with fine colors. Probably not. No, he didn't do that well, dude. He's, I, I bet you he barely passed, which is it, it's fine. You know, everybody, this is what I've noticed. A lot of people, especially when I was in school, and even now when uh, since you just graduated last year, I've noticed a lot of parents put a lot of pressure on their kids to pull straight A's all the time, even if it's not in their wheelhouse. And I've, I've actually, I've, I've used you as an example. Yeah, like. Before, like, like when it comes to math, I expect you to pull a fucking A in math and English. That's because we've had that discussion when, when your grades fell. I said, hey, math and English, dude. Those are the shit that you. That's you, the stuff you're good at. I demand and expect you to pull A's out of that. Why? Because you can do that. However, if you pulled a C in P.E. I, I, there's a reason why I got exempted from P.E. <laughs> well, I'm just using P.E. Because you're yeah. not a very physical type of a kid. If you even pulled a C out of that, I'd be dude, that's a fucking awesome job. Dude, you didn't, play, you didn't fail the class. You came out average. That's tremendous. Yeah, and after... Uh... After school, I still uh, have that my second language called gibberish. <laughs> like, I start make, doing coherent thoughts, speaking normally, and suddenly I start speaking gibberish. Like, oh, well, there, there goes my native tongue again. <laughs> Fantastic. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I just believe in reasonable expectations, you know. And you've, you've met the people that I employ. And let's, let's talk about researchers alone, okay? Um. I wouldn't expect my researchers to do anything that's not in their wheelhouse. So I, I wouldn't say um, I, I got one of my researchers that doesn't drive. So I wouldn't go to her and say, hey, you need to take the car and go to the store and pick up all these things for this meeting. That's that's not reasonable. That's not reasonable at all. Or in terms of like skill set, like you're not going to expect a researcher A, whoever may that be who solely knows how to research really good to know well, how to fix a car or how yeah, to fix exactly. a toilet. Yeah, I'm not going to go out there and say, hey, you need to, you know, you need to change out uh, the coil packs on my truck. Or you need to uh, sit up all these lights and styrofoam things for a new uh, recording room, for example. Yeah, because it's, that's not in their wheelhouse. It's, it's 
reasonable expectations, and I, I say this for, especially for our listeners, have reasonable expectations of your children, for fuck's sakes. You know, like they're, I said. They're but, not going to be exact copies of you. Even if they look like you when they're young, chances true. are they're going to look like a potato when they grow up. <laughs> You're my favorite potato, though. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> no, but it's it, it's true. Like I said, man, like uh, English and math, I expect you to pull A's because that's because you can, yeah. and it's not that hard for you. But if, if you were taking PE and you pulled a C, I'd be like, "Fucking party, dude! That's rocking! Fuck yeah!" All right. Uh, so with uh, I forgot his name already. He's Joel Rifkin. Joel Rifkin. I believe you said that he barely passed uh, high school. Let's go. From that's there. my that's my assumption. Anywho, he did. He managed to go off to college though. He went to college at, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce it, NASU, N-A-S-S-A-U, NASU Community College at the state. Uh, N-A-S-S-U, you said? N-A-S-S-A-U. A-U. Nassau? I'm going to go with NASU. Anyway. Yeah, let's go with that for now. At the State University of New York's, uh, oh, and at the State University of New York's Brockport and Ferndale campuses. He was bouncing between the two because of his bad grades, though. So, well, with, he managed to get into college, which means he had okay grades in high school. Right, and I can see why he is struggling to go to college because... Social. It's, it's a primarily social place beyond uh, the great I, education. No, I think it's to try to kind of get... Away from... Some, no, so, some, some accolades from his dad. He's uh, probably figuring, I'm not good at sports, but hey, if I can at least get into and maintain college, maybe my dad will be proud of me. And, of course, he's not going to be because you got bad grades. So now you're just becoming more of a disappointment to your dad, which is and not wasting money, which is not right. But just is what it is. Right. So it just sounds like it's a familial fuck up around there. Mm-hmm. It pretty much is. Some people set themselves up for. For failure, and uh, so anyway, when when Joel moved to New York, he thought he might uh, be more socially accepted. Uh, if he lost his virginity, so he went and he picked up a middle-aged hooker who kind of showed him the ropes, you know, and and he learned something from this. He learned that for the first time in his life, he had actually been accepted by somebody. And it didn't matter if he was socially awkward. It didn't matter if he was strange. It didn't matter if he walked with a gay. He learned that the hookers accepted him as he was. As long as he had 20 bucks, he found absolute acceptance. No questions with that one. I'm just trying to process that because I can kind of see... It's hard for me to put it in words right now. So just let's just keep going. And well, no, I I, I think I could probably explain explain it better. You know, he hasn't been accepted by anybody else, like and he, classmates and shit like that. And hookers are going to accept you because that's it's your paycheck. Yeah, it's, it, your paycheck, it's a business proposition. You know, I'm going to pay you money, and you have to accept me the way that I am if you want this money. So it's and I'm just trying to see where. It, all falls downhill from there. Oh, you will. Yeah, like I, I'm not exactly. I can I can see that part. That part was laid out clear. Oh, as, okay. Clear as day. I'm just trying to think ahead. Like something's gonna. Some, it wouldn't be mentioned if it wasn't a reason for a story. Oh yeah, sure. no. We'll we'll get to why he, uh, the, yeah. the hookers because this all plays into his crimes. All right. So anyway, to Joel, this was totally intoxicating. Like he is hooked on hookers, like hooked on phonics. <laughs> 
hooked on hookers. Hooked, hooked, hooked on hookers. Hooked on hookers. So Joel frequently skipped class in favor of looking for prostitutes and feeling that acceptance. That's something that he really needed, right? Which I can understand that. If it you're was, finding for him, that, attention is like your cocaine. Right. Essentially. Right, right. Well, you know, we can even equivalent this to to you. Like vaguely for me. I don't really have much oh, like that. Oh, no, mega. Not with prostitutes, with no. gay men. Um, no, I'm just fucking with you. Fuck you. <laughs> Love you, buddy. No, no. You better um, be wearing your diapers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> I love my son so much. No, um, like, you know, you often talk to me about... Um, my stories, for example. Your stories. My um, art. The stuff that I just generally enjoy. Yeah, and, and stuff like that, because it's, it's a bonding thing between you and I. And I really don't like it when you uh, don't pay full attention to it, because then I'm totally. just rambling to a wall. Right, because sometimes I'm working or doing other shit. Yeah. Um, or, you know, thinking about hookers, apparently. <laughs> Being hooked on hookers. I mean... I'm stuck on hooked on hookers. <laughs> Hooked on hookers. Oh, my God. That sounds almost like a... It almost sounds like a snack cake at that point. You know what I mean? But, you know, for me, it just kind of sounded like a cheesy horror film for some reason. Oh, my God. That'd be a good one. Hooked on... There was Hooked one, on hookers coming out Friday 13th. There was, there was actually a, a, a movie, and it was called uh, Zombie Hookers. Oh, my... <laughs> and it has it has uh, Robert England in it who played Freddy Krueger. Because he's in all the cheesy horror movies. It was pretty good. I was like, what was uh, that movie? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Like, was that yeah. essentially a cheesy horror? Or did... Yeah. It's okay. very campy. Cheesy horror that became. Well, let uh, me take that back. Status. Let me take that back. It was when Robert England was starring in it, and then they did a remake of it with, I can't remember who the actor was. Where they made it super edgy and whatnot. It was, it was more dark, and it wasn't as super campy. Edgy. Super edgy. Yeah. And it's, I watched it, and I went, Oh. So essentially, yeah. uh, the original films became uh, cult status, and that's why it's so popular. Oh, yeah, man. I love the Friday, uh, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, franchise. Because the Freddy Krueger in that with Robert England always had a really cool, um, like, saying. And he also had, like, a really uh, awesome atmosphere. Oh, yeah. But his sayings, his, his little one-liners were great. Like, I remember at one point where there was a, uh, a kid who couldn't walk. But in his dreams, he could, and he was a wizard. So they meet in this tunnel, right? And he's telling him, you know, showing him his wheelchair and everything like that. And then he says, it's the chair for you, kid. And the chair starts coming towards him before he kills him. Just weird things like that. Or um, there was one in Freddy versus Jason where um, there's, a, the, the, there's a black girl in there, and she's antagonizing Freddy Krueger. Right? Nobody remembers you. Yeah, things like that. that. And then he looks at her and goes, How sweet. Dark meat. That's. Okay, so not only is uh, he ableist, he's also racist. <laughs> a little vaguely racist. <laughs> but it's funny. You know, and then the, the remake, like I said, it was just very dark and it was dark, just, uh, edgy, and just Omega Dream Edgelord or whatever. Yeah, it's like, shit, man, put that campiness back in. Anyway, back to... Uh, yeah, we kinda, we keep... That's like the 20th... Side note. That's like the 20th cutaway gag. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. So anyway, after a time, he gave up on college and he moved back to his childhood home. This was another great disappointment to his dad because, like I said, huh, you failed again, I see. 
You failed Joel, again. You, you, not only did you uh, not become a world star athlete like I am, you also got addicted to hookers. <laughs> yeah, now he doesn't know about the hookers, I don't think. I don't think they know about the hookers, but he had to move back home. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see it. His dad's like, you're, you fucked up again. You're a failure. You can't catch footballs, and apparently you can't live on your own. <clears throat> so Joel recalls how they would actually have screaming matches, and he was made to feel like he was the worst son on the planet. Joel spent many of his evenings out looking for prostitutes. His lone wolf lifestyle and late nights became the norm for his mom and sister. Joel became actually obsessed with the Alfred Hitchcock 1972 film called Frenzy, a film about a serial killer killing women uh, with a necktie, which is better than a sock, if you remember the tube tube sock sock killer. killer. Yeah, so I just, I gotta give him credit for that. He didn't use a fucking tube sock. And it's not... for a guy, like if you're a guy killer, you're just wearing a seal all the time, you're going to be wearing that anyways. Yeah. So, you it's, know? so it's like not suspicious on somebody like that. Exactly. Unless you're like wearing like a shitty polo and some jeans. <laughs> well, check this out. He's watching this film, right? He's so addicted, addicted to this film or likes this film so much, it actually translated directly into his fantasies about strangling prostitutes. Come on, man. I've done a few episodes where people have like watched a film even for like the first time hey that's a great fucking idea yeah like come on you're gonna be angry against hookers for some reason just because you watched a movie he's not even angry it's a fantasy i think it's because i've done a few episodes especially where some guys can't even really get off without that abuse like abusing hookers or during the uh like actually killing them i was trying to think of the one in particular I believe there is. Shawcross. Arthur Shawcross. And he was a New Yorker, too. Um, he, uh, yeah. And that's where he died. I think he died up at Clinton State Prison as well. That's uh, where uh, Ripken currently is, is at Clinton. But I think he died either died there or Attica. Anyway. Yeah. I believe there is a kind of like Pornhub kink or whatever for that type of. Uh, oh, snuff film? Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there, there is. There's like just general aggression, aggression and abuse it's, and things like that. Not, right? I don't know if it's a BDSM. It's an aspect of it, I believe, but that's uh, kinda. Something. But it's. Eh, we'll get into that later because yeah. I could talk about that shit forever. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to keep cutting away. Let's keep going. So his family and his neighbors actually described Joel as a sweet, quiet but awkward bachelor who never left home. He voluntarily, though, helped his na- you know, the, like the neighbors in with their groceries, um, but would rather be working on his two 1984 Toyota pickup trucks that he had, photography or working in the garden. His mom and sister, by and large, kind of just left him alone. They're like, yeah, we're going to let Joel do what he does. Before you know? you continue, I just realized something. I don't think you mentioned what his job was. Did he go into that journalism thing? or No, no, no. There's, there's just no mention of what he worked for? Not yet. I don't think that he... He may have just gone back and forth on jobs, I'm thinking. It's it coming, is. okay. Great, thank you. Re- researcher off to the side says it's coming up, okay. Yeah. Should be. Should be. We're fucking hoping. Okay, I just I just realized <laughs> it like, while you're talking about it. Like, working on trucks is expensive, as far as I recall, right? Oh. It's an expensive hobby. Of working on cars in general, man, because parts cost fucking money, dude. <laughs> Any hobby requires money, but like there are some sure. hobbies that are cheaper, like gardening in in a way. And twenty dollars hookers, apparently. Twenty dollars hookers. 
I wonder if he, he gets a punch card. I wonder if that's considered charity for his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have, meal, have, meals and entertainment right there. Can I get a receipt with that, Miss Hooker? <laughs> have I shown you that one uh, joke with that, about the tax thing? Uh, there was a joke on uh, Facebook or whatever. I can't remember where. Where, like, husband and wife are talk, going over their bills, and wife says, Wow, I didn't know you donated $1,000 a month to charity. And it just pans out the window. It's a hooker bar named Charity. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so check this out. When his father was diagnosed with prostate cancer, he was... he. Uh, uh, Joel enrolled into biology classes, mm-hmm. which I can understand. Hey, maybe I can save my dad. Um, however, his dad committed suicide by overdose on February 20th of 87. Uh, how did he, what, what did he get? To, sorry, I kind of like tuned out near the beginning of that part. What was it that he got sick with? Prostate cancer. Oh. Yeah. So that was a pain in the ass. I knew that one was coming. <laughs> it was a real pain in the ass, you know. Yeah, and then his dad committed suicide, and that was, like I said, on February 20th of 87. This was right around Joel's midterms. I wonder if that's uh, because of, like, his health deterioration. Yeah, yeah. oh, totally. Like, clearly, the dad was super proud about his physique in a way. Yeah, and he's like, going downhill. He's like, I don't want to suffer. I'm out. Yeah, and not even thinking about anything else, probably. So check this out. Joel actually believes his father chose the timing on purpose. Oh, that's fucked. So his father wouldn't have to see him fail once again. Ironically, ironically, Joel actually received good grades. He was motivated. Yeah. Clearly. Oh, totally. Totally, totally. Like, dude, even though his dad was a total piece of shit towards him, literally did not care about him, he was still motivated to try and prove himself in a way. Right, right, right. And by doing that, I mean, if you if you can come up with some biology solutions on how to get rid of prostate cancer besides ripping out somebody's asshole but that's besides removing their whole prostate (laughs) but even then that doesn't work anywho surprisingly on august 22nd of 87 joel was arrested during a sex worker sting after offering an undercover cop money for sex prostitutes had become his quote drug of choice was it still illegal at that time is it still illegal it's still illegal okay which i think is stupid man like honestly there could be i don't know how to say it properly like if it was legalized like made it business in a way put Mm -hmm. all the put all these uh regulations on it it would be huge money for the government like i don't know why the government's so against it and it would it would cut down on the spread of disease and things like that. Cause AIDS, like, STDs, etc. Right. So like when when I used to drive uh, over the road, I used to stop off at a whorehouse called Donna's Ranch. Uh, yeah, I remember. Or, that and, one. and the hacienda. Yeah, because I, I would go in there and not not for hookers because you get a free shower. They, apparently, they have like really good food. You said or something. Yeah, it's really good food, good drink specials, a free shower, free conversation. It wasn't too bad at all. Right. So I go you in there. Probably only paid them just to chat with them. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I, they were great. I, I I would stop by there once a week because I was on a dedicated run, and uh, they treated me fantastic. They'd wake me up in the morning with my coffee, make me breakfast, like, all that good stuff. Like and, they weren't trying to be overbearing. Like, hey, yeah. I want a piece of your treat. <laughs> yeah, they weren't saying like, hey, let's go fucking pay me money. Um, but they were they were fan fucking tastic. Um, and so I'm I'm sitting down there and I'm talking to the hookers. One day, 
And it's really regulated. Number one, they have a doctor on staff. So anybody who's going to hook up with them, you're getting an HIV and STD check right then and there. Um, and you got to come back clear. you got to come back clear. And then you and still have not, to wear a condom. Yeah. And the girls are regularly checked. If they're pregnant or whatnot. Yeah. No, if they have STDs or anything like that. And it's, it's, it's really regulated. So it cuts that risk down of, of transferring sexually transmitted diseases, you know, to anybody else. It's it's. Yeah, that's a good deal. And yeah. my other thought is, and I've said this before, is that what a deal it what happens between a man and a woman to make a deal, whether it's for sex or marriage or anything like that. That's between them. I the shouldn't same, be involved. Same way with just any gender in, in that equation. As uh, yeah. long as it's not under 18, then you're uh, fucked up. Right. I mean, as long as you're not hurting anybody. Then fucking do your thing, man. Do your thing. I, yeah. I don't fucking, I don't judge. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, they're, like a couple of years ago, I believe it was, like 2016 or something, like LGBT suddenly just expanded into the media uh, consensus and everybody was like super against it, even though it's just, like, I kind of get it. The people that are really loud are often like the most toxic, and it's the same with any uh, community. Right. Like, right, right. Uh, it's the same with any community. Like, let's say uh, art. The people are going to notice stuff that aren't, aren't that isn't normal. So right, right, right. People that are artists drawing porn, let's say there's 100 artists and only one of them drew porn, that one outlier is going to become the main attraction. In oh, a way. totally. Because everybody's going to pay attention to it because it's not <laughs> normal. It's not what they think of. Right, right. And, I, and I've said this before, man. I don't care if somebody's gay, straight. That, that, that's yeah. none of my fucking business. It's none of my business who anybody sleeps with, honestly. That's, that's between them. Anyways, let's talk about some victims. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, continue. That was like, <laughs> that was cutaway number 387. No shit. <laughs> Part 52, trying to get through Joel Rifkin. Still so, talking about hooked on hookers. <laughs> I'm hooked on hookers, man. <laughs> So Rifkin's victims are listed in order that they were murdered, but not necessarily the order that they were discovered. Many of the victims were identified years after Does, they were found. Was he uh, putting in like info about when or whatever? Oh, we, like, we'll get to like, that. Did he say about it? Yeah, about he, he okay. confessed a few of them. Yeah. Okay, so that's that means there was a bit of baseline to that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So on February twentieth of eighty nine, while Rifkin's mother and sister were on vacation, Heidi. Blotch, 25 years old, was killed. And Rifkin said, quote, I must have hit her 20 or 30 times until my arms got tired. It was with a howitzer shell I picked up at a flea market for like 25 cents, 50 cents. Rifkin explained that he used a heavy piece of ammunition two-handed like a baseball bat. Hold on. Let me uh, pull that up real quick. Looking at what a howitzer is? I know what a howitzer is. I'm just wondering how big the shell is. That's a big fucking shell, dude. And, quote, I lost control, was what he said. Then the, then the woman surprised him by still being alive. He smothered more than strangled her. And then, you ready for this? He used an exacto knife like a scalpel to dismember her body into six pieces. He's very methodical in his approach. Her teeth and fingertips were removed, and her head was put into a paint bucket. Blatch's head was found in the woods along the seventh hole of a golf course in Hopewell, New Jersey. Her legs were found in Piquanock Creek. Piquanock Creek. Yeah, Piquanock Creek near Jefferson Township, New Jersey. Her torso and arms were discovered in the East River around New York. Okay, I found a... Oh, I've seen one. Yeah, I found the images. 
just take a glance. Yeah, like, I've seen what a howitzer shell looks like. You said it was empty, right? Yeah, yeah, so it was a spent it, shell. It was obviously a bit lighter, but it's still heavy metal. And that dude used it, like, swung that 20 times? 20 to 30 times until his fucking arms got tired. How much rage? No like, shit. Like, I could barely hold that up and just swing it <laughs> around, did, like, three times. Did you catch that she was still alive? Yeah. And then he had a fucking strangler and smother her? Yeah. I wonder if, like, howitzer shells, once they're spent, are just, like, same as, like, aluminum sheets, just, like, not obviously. No, not dude, ma- not, it's copper, and it's heavy. Not with, like, Or brass, alu- rather. Not with, like, aluminum, I mean, but, like, it was just, like, that thin. That's why he was, he was able to swing it for so long. That's, like, know, my they're thought. Still, they're still fucking heavy, dude. Yeah, like. That's a, that's dude, a no bullshit round, dude. 20 or 30 times, just probably swing it over his head, over mm-hmm. and over. What the hell? <laughs> and the chick was so alive after that. You would think that she would at least have, like, Heavy concussion from that. Or some you would shit. think this should be dead. At least, I mean, at f- the very most. I'm like thinking if somebody hit me in my big fat head 20, 30 times with a fucking howitzer shell, <laughs> I'm not doing much of the breathing thing. If anything, your skull's already like churned to dust. Your brain is becoming a <laughs> scrambled eggs. Yeah, my brain's like uh, like on the floor. Just pulling out a Zacto knife, cutting the head open, <laughs> and just eating the fucking brain like the a fuck is wrong with you, like a Jesus. bowl of scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Joe was terrified of getting caught, and he vowed never to kill again. But the thoughts of the murder were always with him, especially during sex. He frequently picked up hookers, many of them leaving unharmed, but a few managing to escape when things escalated. His second victim was Julie Blackbird, whose remains were never found. He used a table leg to knock her out with one blow and then strangled her with his bare hands for about 20 minutes. Uh, so what you're saying is, metal shell, 20, 30 times, doesn't even die. Shit, his flimsy wooden beam, one hit, already. Yeah, table leg, man? Already unconscious. Might have been a big table leg, you never know, maybe he could have been a baseball player. Could have been made out of mahogany. <laughs> That's right, could have been something really super heavy like, heavy, like oak or some shit. Oak, mahogany, I know mahogany is like really expensive, but... Yeah. So, as he said, at some point, he was strangling the corpse. A corpse. He contemplated having sex with her corpse. (laughs) Only because that's what he had read some killers do. Ultimately, he decided that that it wasn't for him. Like, you know. It's it's already all cold and sticky. Cracking a cold one just wasn't for him. It's already cold and sticky. It won't feel that good. (laughs) And bleeding it smell, everywhere. It smells like shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you lose your bowel control and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But whenever your uh, brain shuts off, all the like the reason your muscles tighten up is because of electricity. Yeah. And your brain more or less makes all of that happen, and your guts just. So check this out. Joel says that Joel says that he chopped her up and placed the remains in buckets. Filled the buckets with cement and dropped them into various rivers. Okay, but did he do it with an exacto knife? That's what I'm curious about. <laughs> that that exacto knife. Gets, that was determination. That's yeah. That's like basic that's patience too, man. Essentially, just doing an autopsy with a shitty scalpel. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But he kept her jewelry. So Joel picked up 31-year-old Barbara Jacobs and brought her back to his place while his family was out. They had sex in the guest room, after which, you know, she fell asleep. He wandered the house, debating if he wanted to kill her or not. 
He picked up a heavy object and struck her in the head and strangled her, dragged her body to the basement, and he kept it there for two days. So the, the corpse, of course, started to, you know, bloat and rot. So he was apprehensive on cutting into it because it's already bloating. And he found an old mattress-style box. Shoved it in there and took the box out, probably, right? Slit her body inside, then dropped it into the Hudson River, and they found it on July 14th of 91. When was the murder, this one? Uh, it was in July of 1991. Uh, that's when they found it, right? That's when he probably disposed of it. He kept it there for two days, so it had to be July 12th. Okay. Yeah. So it was, rel- it was found relatively quickly. Well, yeah, it's a it's a big dead body bloated in a fucking box in a river. Figured. I was just like, hmm. There's a lot of nasty things in the Hudson River, but so I've already figured something out there. Uh, like the way he kills, he's gone through the same steps every time so far. He Pretty much, he's bludgeoning and bludgeoning, and then proceeding to choke him out. Yep, and then discarding of the body, whether he chops him up or or just straight up just tosses the body. Right, but that's the first one that he's tossed. The other two, his first two, he chopped up. He chopped up and made sure to sort of hide it in a mm-hmm. way. The the, pot, the the body parts in the in the buckets with the uh, cement with the cement. That's actually a good idea. You're dropping them in the bottom of rivers, and really, no, who's gonna fucking pull up buckets of fucking concrete even for scuba diving? Ma- magnet fishing. That's the thing. Okay, but you're not gonna pull up a bucket because all, all, because the you, only thing that's in there is you, you can't really see down that far in a river. That's what how magnet diving works. But if magnet there's only fishing. cement and a and body parts in a plastic bucket, well, if it was a metal bucket, then yeah, I that, think that he would use plastic. Probably, I, I was going off of the assumption that hey, it might have been a metal bucket or something. Eh, maybe, but yeah, plastic buckets are a bit more common. I can see that. Mary Ellen DeLuca's death was initially not intended. He took her to a hotel room thinking two people walk into a hotel room. Two people have to come out of a hotel room. This was in an attempt to look for ways to prevent him from killing her. As they sat there, uh, she started to talk to him about her, her totally shitty life, like how shit her life was. She'd just gotten out of rehab, and she was already using again, and she wished that she was dead, you know, on and on. Well, I can fix that for you. And I, yeah. <laughs> well, she didn't have to wait for that for very long. <laughs> he reached over and strangled her. So then he's got this corpse in the hotel room, and he figured out, like, what the fuck do I do with it? So he pulled down the curtains, and... Uh, he could have probably just like, did a drunk stumble with it. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my thought, like... Put, put up, like, a, a robe or something on him. Just carry him out. Like a marionette. It, so, it wouldn't look that suspicious because, like, hey, we could have been pounding dues in there. Yeah, true. And, well, anyways, he pulled down the curtains and he put out a do not disturb sign and he went shopping. Uh, he bought a travel trunk to smuggle the body out. Ripped the idea straight out of his favorite book and movie, Frenzy. Ah. Yeah. Her body was found on October 1st. When so, was this uh, murder again? This has got to be in the 90s, like 1994. I wasn't talking about 1994. I mean, like, month period. Oh, October 1st. And it was, that's when it was found, right? That was when it was found. So he's... Could have been a 
couple months or something? Uh, no, it'd be within days, I would, days, have, maybe. I would assume. I don't know where it's all found. I just kind of wish there was... I kind of wish I was paying more attention to the start date. Pay attention, <laughs> fucktard. I'm paying attention. It's just... It does? Yeah. But not when they were murdered. Yeah, that's that's what I was trying to figure out, like, when, right. they, when they were murdered. Yeah, so we don't always know when they were murdered. Okay. So, backtracking a little bit, calendar-wise, on September 23rd, Young Yun Li. Yun Li. Y-U-N, Yun. Yun Li. So Chinese. She going to love you a long time. She was found in the East River off of Randall I- Randall's Island. She had been murdered with his truck. Oh, I'm sorry. In his truck, because I can't read fucking hooked on phonics. <laughs> Strangled with uh, barehanded in broad daylight. He propped up her dead body in the passenger seat. And get this. Took the expressway back to Long Island and stopped to get gas. So there's a dead body in his passenger seat, and he's fucking getting gas, and no one notices. Nobody's like, huh, that's weird. That's a dead body. Nobody says shit. Could have just been looking like she was sleeping. The, oh, you know what about her? She take nap. <laughs> she take nap. Yeah, her, her neck look broke, but no, she neck not broke. She nap. Probably put a scarf on it. <laughs> she look pretty now. <laughs> pretty dead. So he drove to work. Uh, he he drove to a work lot where he stored landscaping equipment and picked up uh, the truck from the previous murder. But the body inside of uh, he put the body inside and dumped it in in the Harlem River. Lee was killed after uh, Deluca. That was the one in the hotel. Okay. But found first. Okay. All right. Joe confessed to a sixth victim who had sandy-colored hair, but she was never identified, not and found, nor found. Okay. After strangling her, he placed her in a metal drum and dumped it into the Harlem River. Okay, so, so far, from everyone that you've mentioned so far, he bludgeons them nine times out of ten. He bludgeons them. He chokes them out. Sometimes it just goes straight to choking. Right. As I say, strangulation seems to be the that's that that seems that, to be across the board. He cut. He sometimes he cuts them. Sometimes he doesn't. Most of the time he just uh, shoves them in a thing and tosses them into a river. And the last part, he tosses nearly all of them into a river. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting really good I at think, river think, tossing, except for the first victim. Because remember the one that he dissected into six pieces. He left like one next to a golf course, and uh, he's really he spread out the body. Like everywhere. Yeah. Besides those, besides the first one, like they all were strangled. Yeah. And they all were in a river. Right. Right. Well, even the first one was strangled. Yeah, that one was strangled. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, besides the first one, they yeah. were they. Yeah. Those were the. Yeah. Those were the. Uh, through line. That's the word. Right. As soon as uh, it went splash, he had two flashlight beams in his eyes. It was two New York police officers asking him what he was doing. He told them he was scavenging for car parts. Get this. They believed him and let him go. So he's like, whoo, that was a close one. Holy shit. Was it during night? I'm assuming. I don't fucking know. If it was during night, then they probably thought, oh, he's probably just uh, magnet fishing. Like I like I said, it was a last flash. He probably it was back sh- in the 90s, man. Magnet fishing wasn't even a thing. Was it? 
Okay. Nobody knew about magnet fishing. I'll have to uh, take a glance at that, but like you probably were was just trying to grab stuff out of the room. Okay, so well, let's get on with the rest of this. We just have some pages to do, boys and girls. <laughs> the killings after this were more automatic. Uh, all were manually strangled after sex. Many were dissected and scattered over a wide area. With 2,000 homicides in New York, uh, in New York the, the varying disposal methods and multiple dumping grounds, the police had no clue that they were all linked to that the ones you know he had killed that they could link them to an actual serial killer in their city because there's like two thousand fucking homicides in New York City, right? So it's a big it's a big city, and this is before the I mean in the nineties technology was coming out, but it wasn't like it is now. You know what I mean? But like mob bosses might have still been a thing, so I don't know. They probably still are, but yeah. but because now so like. They put all the, the particulars of a case into CODIS or into, uh, can't remember what it stands for, but they, uh, so if other murders that fit that modus operandi and victim profile show up, it's going to ping. It's going to say, wait a minute, we had almost this exact same murder in New Jersey and we had one in Arizona type of thing. So it, it tracks it. Okay. Do, 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 do. There I am. <laughs> Lorraine. Arvorito, 28 years old, was discovered in the Coney Island Creek on July 11th of 92. Two days prior, Marianne Holman's remains were found along the same creek. She was killed after, but her remains were found first. Get that one? So she was killed after one of the... After Lorraine. Lorraine. But she she was was found before. So most of the... (laughs) Later kill, it's kind of like a reverse order. A little bit, as far as I'm finding it. Joel's ninth victim was never identified, but her remains were discovered uh, in March of 1992. 1992. Uh Uh-huh. 25-year-old Iris Sanchez, Dirty Sanchez, remains... I'm going to go to hell. You're already in hell. Irene Sanchez's remains were found on June 29th of 1993 by the JFK Airport. So there's about like ten kills so far. This is, I think number, this would be ten. Number ten, number nine. I'm not keeping a scorecard. <laughs> after a year, about a year after her disappearance, uh, Anna Lopez, 33, was discovered on May 25th of 92 in Patterson, New York. In July of 92, 21-year-old Violet O'Neill's remains were found in in the Harlem River at 123rd Street. The East River at 23rd Street and near Governor's Island. In Yorkshire, on December 21st, Mary Catherine Williams, 21 years old, uh, body was discovered. And Jenny Soto, 23, was found on November 17th on the Harlem Riverbanks in the South Bronx. Lee Evans' remains were discovered in Northampton on May 9th of 1993. Lauren uh, Marquez, 30 years old, was found on June 29th in the Long Island Central Pine Barrens. Make sure you take a breath. <laughs> no shit. I didn't know this guy had this many fucking victims. Holy Su- shit. Suffice to say, he's killed a lot. I feel like, I, I feel like what I need is one of those baseball barkers that sell the, the programs. So be, program, program. You can't keep track of the victims without a program. Get your program right here. 
Get your hot dog. Yep. Have a hot dog. Comes with a free program. The <laughs> <laughs> free program. <laughs> On June 24th of 93, Tiffany Brissini. Brissini. Yeah, close enough. A prostitute was picked up by a familiar client in a Toyota. Brissini was working as a dancer and sex worker to support her and her boyfriend's drug addiction. She told her boyfriend, Dave Rubenstein, she would be back in about 20 minutes. Side note, Dave, Dave Rubenstein, a.k.a. Dave Insurgent, what the fuck name is that, was a for, was the former co-founder of the punk rock band uh, Reagan Youth, which toured with both the Dead Kennedys and the Beastie Boys. You probably don't know any of those fucking bands, do you? Nope. Remember, not knowing the Dead Candies and the BC Boys saddens me greatly. Lived under a rock for ten years. Hey, hey, hey! The BC Boys had to fight for your right to party. You should respect that. Does it look like I go to parties? <laughs> Notice the dead silence. Notice I noticing the dead eye, dead eyed stare. Joel, now I totally know how your dad feels. One hundred percent. My kid doesn't know about the fucking Beastie Boys. Jesus fucking Christ. Hey, blame your mother about that. Why can't you have a drug habit? Like, for real. I'd rather you have a drug habit than not know about, like, Dead Kennedys and the Beastie Boys. Blame your mother. Just blame your mother, because 10 years... I do, years, for fucking everything. Anyway. Yeah, 10 years, I didn't know anything about music, because I... No. Let's get on with this Yeah, shit. let's get on. <laughs> Rubenstein reported the vehicle description to police. Uh -huh. Checked the club where she uh, worked and all of the emergency rooms. Joel says that Persini... Uh, says of Persini, quote, it was someone I met in the city and things didn't go well. Well, no shit. You think? <laughs> well, you know, being murdered is just not a good thing. Yeah, that's not, that's a bad day <laughs> for this girl, right? Joel had strangled Persini in the back seat of his mother's car and tossed car mats. Oh, goddamn! Over her naked body, then started to drive home. As they passed the tour, uh, a tour bus, he thought that this was not a good road to be on. So he pulled over and bought a tarp from Kmart. They don't exist anymore. I, I'm going to let you continue that because I'm not sure about that one. No, Kmart's don't. They went into business. Um, he wrapped the body up, put it in the trunk, and he drove home. When he got home, it was about 9 a.m., and his mother needed to run some uh, grocery errands. Since it was her car, she left with a body in the trunk. Apparently, she didn't need to use the trunk that day. After she got back, Joel moved the body to a wheelbarrow and kept it in the garage for three very hot Fucking days. You can imagine how it bloated and expanded and rotted. Okay, so he was lucky because she didn't notice it. <laughs> you know, it, it's really weird because he started off with like the worst luck on the planet, and now it's like he found a lucky rabbit's foot, a four leaf clover, and got like the kiss of the fucking fairies or some shit. Like the fairies just brought out a four leaf clover and a rabbit's foot just because for this dude. Keep it in mind, it's fucking hot as shit. That trunk has got to be stinking. Even if that body's only been in there for a few hours, there's going to be some smelling going on. And you don't need to have my olfactory senses to smell that. Mm, something smells like rotted meat. It's hot as fuck out here. You're going to notice. 
But no, not mom. No, 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 no. Uh, she probably just d- didn't, couldn't smell that there or something. Who knows? <laughs> on July 28th, on the way home, on, on the way to dispose of, of the body, two New York State troopers attempted to pull Joel over. His license plate was missing from his tan Toyota pickup truck. Joel recalls hearing something fall from the truck, but he thought it was one of his tools because he was pretty careless about him. When he saw the lights flashing in his rearview mirror, he decided not to stop. It started out as a low-speed chase with him simply failing to comply. Wouldn't take long to develop into a high-speed pursuit at exceeding 100 miles an hour. Well, she definitely lost all his tools after that. <laughs> and on two wheels at some points. He was popping wheelies? Damn right, man. Like, he's like, you'll never take me alive. Just like I couldn't take that hooker alive. What? <laughs> after half hour, the chase ended when Rifkin crashed into a light pole. Well, that's a bad fucking day. I wonder if his insurance will cover that. Joel had intended to drive into the ocean. Upon examination of the vehicle, the officers discovered a body. Her body, her decomposing corpse under the tarp in the bed of the truck. More than they had bargained for, I'm pretty fucking sure. They're oh, like, well, now that explains why you. This kept asshole ran because of a missing license plate. There's got to be something up. I bet you he's got wants and warrants. No, he's got a dead hooker. That's what the fuck he has. He probably could have just stopped and like, yeah, I didn't know that my license plate was one. You can look at the three day, three day year old fucking rotting body in the back of your truck. Smell, yeah. yeah. Well, I got something in my under my tongue. <laughs> There's a lot of thoughts going through my head, but it's not a dead corpse. Could be millions. Do you, do, do you hear the the silence? It, yeah, it could so, just be a million dead corpses though. You're not right. All in a sludge. So when Ripken saw, uh, asked Officer Sean Rewine, 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 let's go with that, out of curiosity, why they were pulling him over and was told that he was missing his license plate, he said, you know, it's always the 25 cent part being the screws that hold them on. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's, that's what always fails. It's always the cheapest fucking thing that causes you the most problem. Ripken claimed and resign oh I'm sorry Rifkin was calm and resigned uh, to being caught he thanked the officers for tuning for turning on the air conditioning as he knew he wasn't going to get that where he was headed <laughs> inside Joel oh inside Joel's pigsty of a bedroom police found women's bras panting shoes and a sweater in addition, there was an earring, a brooch, a woman's, a woman's driver's license, credit, and library cards of both men and women. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was getting funky monkey with the boys, too. Wow, I mean, hey, sometimes, especially on uh, New Year's Eve and whatnot, you got to try the sausage, too. Hey, sometimes <laughs> it's, it's kind of like candy bars. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> They also found books and newspaper clippings on various serial killers. From the garage, they hauled away a saw, freezer, and a wheelbarrow with a quart of blood in the bottom. Okay. Plenty of blood to go around right there. I mean, hey, you might have been a vampire. (laughs) 
and his food spoiled. I actually feel bad for him now. <laughs> so his trial and conviction. Joel told the officers he couldn't stop killing. Joel felt no rage, no anger at all. It was just like an addiction. That's way. actually what he said. It, it was just something he was good at. Good. He had chosen his victims because they lived on the margins of society, and by nature, the profession uh, of their profession, they traveled a lot. He targeted mostly white, Asian, and Latino prostitutes. Latina is what it should be because O is for men and A is for women. Take a note. And did extensive research on disposal methods. Oh, excuse me. On disposal methods in order to not get caught. Joel confessed to 17 women, but could only be linked to nine of the murders. He had an icy composure uh, and was emotionally detached while describing the crimes. Because to him, it's just like, oh, yeah, it, this is just an It was just something he did. He had, it wasn't anger or it wasn't even rage. It was essentially just like a hobby. It was just, he was compelled to do it, you know. So Joel... Joel drew a map to lead the police to multiple of to different dump sites that he had used. Seemed in and he seemed enthralled by shocking investigators with how many victims he had without being remotely on their radar. Well, I mean, sometimes you got to turn the radar on. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing, and I've said this about police departments before. And I will say this does not apply to Rochester, New York PD. Because in Rochester, everything that I've read, like if two hookers die, the whole police department comes in. They, they have a hook book, and they got people that walk the hooker beat. They know their hookers. Their hookers know the cops. And it's, it's mutually beneficial. Got to avoid having your entire workforce killed. Doesn't matter which one. And uh, so, if the, like with Shawcross, when the hookers started dying, two of them died, the cops are they're on it. They're sitting there going, hey, we got a fucking problem. we got to solve this shit. Fucking now. It seems like e almost every other police department sits there and goes, eh, fucking who cares? It's hookers. It's, it's just hookers. They're just, they're just uh, robbers, et cetera, et cetera. They're just all these uh, lower class, yeah, shitty people. They're, doesn't they're, matter. They're not part of mainstream society, so fuck them. They're not as important. Yeah, that seems to be the general consensus. Mm -hmm. So let's get on with this shit. <laughs> Because I still got a couple pages. And then I can take a shower and dress up like a bunny rabbit. You sure you're not going to use your uh, rubber ducky uh, pajamas tonight? I love my ducky pajamas. A little too warm for my ducky pajamas, though. I mean, hey, you could probably get some lightweight ones, too. Ones hey. that are super thin. Those are thin. They just don't breathe. Any uh. breathable ones. Because they're awesome. So as soon as the medium... As soon as the media caught wind that there was a serial killer that was caught... They had a field day. Endless coverage and reporters everywhere. Hey, it's free free publicity or something like right. Free, well, cause free it, material essentially. And and yeah, oh exactly, because you you ever notice like mostly on any newscast or anything like that, you don't hear things like um like hey, here's a happy dog type of a story. Like you hear things like uh, plane crashes and, you know, somebody went and killed people. It's always because the tragedy. Because that's how they get their uh, viewer base, Well, there's, there's two things that sell in, in, in entertainment. Sex and violence. 
That's why we do this show right here. That's two things to sell. Sex and violence. Yeah, and like for like Fox News or whatever, they might have like occasional uh, like good feel uh, stories. Yeah, feel good stories. But 99 times out of 100, it's somebody dying or, wow, this person says that Trump is a piece of shit. Or just along those lines, just anything that's generally negative. Because no, it's, totally. It's easy viewership. It's easy. It's easy to grab somebody with that. And in this day and age, media is even worse. And I'll tell you why. Because you'll have, like, we'll go with Trump. You'll have one media outlet that says, Trump is the greatest president ever, 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 ever. Then you'll have another one go, Trump is horrible because of da, 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 da. And what they'll do, they'll take the same sound clip, but it's their interpretation of it. And I have a huge problem with news. Yeah. Not, not only should news be free of, uh, bribery and whatnot, because most of the time they're getting bribed well, to do When shit. I was growing up, dude, news was news. Yeah, news was news, essentially, what I'm trying to say. Like, there should be no businesses getting their fingers in it. There should be no, like, money to be involved with it. It should just be government-funded. Yeah. And even then, it should not be split between which government parties are financing it, especially. And I agree. And, and, it should yeah. just be news, whatever news it is, all news. doesn't right. matter if it was... I- it, does, I, it doesn't yeah. matter if it was, uh, let's say, a serial killer that's killing specifically dogs, or if it's uh, Beyonce getting okay, another. Let me tell you something. If somebody's I'm, killing specifically dogs, we I'm need not, to hunt that cocksucker I'm not, down I'm now. Not finished, but I'm just saying, like, as an example, like a serial killer killing exclusively dogs, or if Beyonce's getting her butt plugged with more latex <laughs> or whatever. I don't fucking know. Beyonce's I, latex butt. I don't. Even, that's that's a whole <laughs> podcast on its own, dude. <laughs> Like, like, on its own. But like, it should not matter, like, what, like, it should matter if it's news, if it's news, and it's good enough for everybody to know. Right. No, it does not matter if it's a celebrity. We don't care that Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. Yeah, I can care less. But, like, seriously. Like, it's it's not even, like, about news anymore. It's about entertainment. It's and about, that's what I've always said, yeah. It's about entertainment. It's about getting more people to watch your shit so that you get more ad money so that more businesses mm-hmm. can look at you and say, hey, we're going to bribe you to say this, this, and this. Like, let's see, I'm, I'm getting into a huge tirade here, but, like, <laughs> I was going to continue, but, like, I'm going to help myself there. News is, well, news is just shit now. It is. You know, I, I remember when I was living in, in, in L.A., uh, in, in Southern California, um, the the news would come on Channel Eleven. I think it was Fox. Um, I could be wrong, but uh, Fox it, is usually like Channel Five. I think right. That's different Depend, state by state. Depends on state. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but it would have like the uh, the death count of how many people got shot in L.A. You know, and it started from January first, and the report kind of went like this: Okay, it's January fifth, and nine people have been shot in L.A. today. And we're going to talk to the cops. And they would ask the cops, hey, you guys going to try to take care of this shit? And the cops said, yeah, no, we're trying. We're making task force and blah, blah, blah. Okay, and back to you. And now that same fucking report will go like this. We're going to talk to the police officers. And they talk to the cops. And they go, you see, this is because of the Democrats. Or this is because of the Republican Party. Or this is because of this. Checkmate liberals. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, I don't want your fucking opinion. I don't want your opinion. I want the fucking news. Yeah, I'm watching the news because I want to know the news. I don't want to know what, what dickhead fucking anchorman thinks. I, I don't want your opinion. I want facts. And saying that, hey, because Trump, 
because Trump this, because Trump that. That's not a fact. Yeah, it's not a fact. Unless, yeah. unless he was directly involved. It's not a fact. No, exactly. Right, let's let's roll on with this, because you and I keep on getting on these fucking tirades, yeah. and we were just reminded to roll that bitch forward. Yeah, so. if, you, if you guys want to complain about it, there's emails. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Encourage them to give me more fucking emails. Hey, that's a good way. Eventually, you'll have an episode all about fan mail. So, like I said, as soon as the media got wind of this, uh, that there was a serial killer caught, they had a fetal day. Endless coverage and reporters everywhere. They hadn't connected the victims either. They only know they knew that they had a serial killer. That's all the information they had. Okay, so we have a serial killer. Okay, well, it's just motto. We do not know. Okay, do you know who this person is? We do not know. Yeah, we don't know. We're just going to come out here do you and know who, Do you know who the victims are? We do not know. Like, so, <laughs> Joe Rifkin pled guilty, uh, pled not guilty by reason of insanity to Brasini's murder. Defense sought to, su- uh, to suppress his confessions. You understand what that means, right? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I know. I'm just kind of letting you go because if, right. I start com- <laughs> if I start comedying about it again, we're going to go on to another cutaway gag. Yeah, no shit, huh? But they were ruled inadmissible, uh, admissible, sorry, uh, and now I got my freaking researcher like smacking me if I get something wrong. Hey. The fuck kind of company is this? It's, Jesus, it's Christ. your company. Like I'm serious. Like she's she's over here, and every time I get something wrong, I get smacked. But if I do something good, she scratches my back. I feel like a fucking dog. Like when do I get a milk bone? Jesus Christ. Hey, we have a bunch of milk bones in the kitchen. You mind go grab a box? I got a milk bone for her. Hey. But they were they were ruled admissible and claimed and claimed he was schizophrenic. During the trial, he seemed uh uninterested and he actually fell asleep several times. To be fair, being in a judge room is very boring. Courtroom? Yeah, Courtroom. it is. It's being very, it's very boring even if it's not like a murder. <laughs> There are instances where people just fall asleep all the time. There was an instance where like a judge would fall asleep, too. Was, that's just how boring it is. You're just presenting facts and all facts. I was actually really entertained when I got yeah. divorced from the midget. Because I had to go to court. One of us had to go. And uh, and no, I'm going to continue. Just fucking chill out with your whacking me over there. Not like whack-a-mole and shit. It doesn't help that you're bald. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there, right? Because all I had to do, the judge go, you know, we'll call you up. So... Like, for mine, it was, like, uh, Alexander versus Alexander, you know, James Scott versus her name. I forget it, but it Yeah, matter. and I'm not going to say it because I don't, I don't want to. You don't want to get sued. Yeah. Um, so, I go, I'm right here. Is the defendant here? No. So are you going to contest it? No, because I filed it. Good. You're granted a divorce. But when two people show up, oh, my God. The, the, the Smith, John, Robert versus, like, Mary... Joan. Jane. Mary Joan Jane. Yeah. And, you know, okay. Um, I see here that you filed for divorce. Because he's a fucking asshole. Fuck you, bitch. And I'm sitting there going, ooh, can I get popcorn? Like, I'll sit here all day to watch this shit. You have no idea. This is awesome. Why do you think people like Judge Judy and whatnot? I almost had a Jerry Springer. It. I almost jumped up and started going, fight, fight, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> Okay. It was awesome. That it's hilarious. Oh my god! So, there we go. The jury uh, listened to testimony for two weeks and deliberated for only two hours, finding him guilty. Of course, Joel was sentenced to a minimum of twenty-five years and a maximum of life. 
Over the next two years, he pled guilty to eight other counts of murder for a total of 203 years in prison. So essentially just life. Yeah. He'll be eligible for parole in 2197 at the ripe old age of 238. I hope he gets it. I hope he makes it that long because I, that, that'd be fucking impressive. Not, not only would it be impressive for medical technology, he would probably would just be uh, raisin. <laughs> oh, my God. Even back in my day, I choked out hookers. Now they're all governmentally funded. <laughs> and they're choking me out for extra money. In the words of, of the judge, Mr. Rifkin, in, in case there is such a thing as reincarnation, I want to be sure you spend your second life in prison as well. God damn, judgy. I mean, hey, what do you expect? He is a judge. <laughs> That's pretty harsh, man. In 96, Joel was deemed too notorious that his presence in general population could be disruptive. He was confined to his cell at Attica Correctional Facility for 23 hours a day for four years before he was transferred to Clinton. Wait a moment. Hold 20? on. Let's finish this okay. before you ask anything because we keep on going sideways. Yeah. <laughs> before he was transferred to Clinton Correctional Facility where he is housed among 200 plus inmates who are not allowed within general population. Rifkin did sue, claiming his solitary confinement violated his constitutional rights. In 2000, the state appellate court deemed uh, officials had not they had deemed that officials had not violated his his rights by housing him in isolation. It was to keep your dumbass alive. Though, granted, we we do know of stupider reasons to sue. Because, I mean, we've, we've done episodes on, like, uh, uh, Cheetah Ng, who sued because he got soggy Cheetos. <laughs> For real. It's stupid shit. And, like, one because his sandwich fucking crust was... It was stupid shit. I believe he said that he was in confinement for 23 hours. What was the, what was the one hour? And probably go out to the yard and walk around and get his ass back in there. Probably. Okay, so Griffin claims watching footage of the families of the victims uh, of September 11th put up, po uh, put up posters of missing loved ones brought home the reality that his victims had family members who loved them. Being on antidepressants has altered his view of his actions. Instead of his memories being fantasies, they are nightmares. He's upfront and admits he cannot guarantee he would not kill again if given the opportunity. And let's get some final thoughts, then we can talk some more about this shit. How much do you think the isolation, bullying, and departure from reality influenced his actions? Well, let's go over it real quick. Uh, like, his dad was a piece of shit, of course. Yeah, that, that, like, it's mental abuse right yeah. there, totally. He was just, dad didn't care for him, but... I presume that the other two didn't really get care that much either, but there was no comments on that in the right, right. And actually, so, I'm fixing to write him a letter because I, I want that answer. Yeah. So who knows? He could have just been neglected by the women there too. But if they, if let's say theoretically the mother was actually really good to him, then that would probably lead to the whore thing, uh, where he was buying out hookers because 
he connected with women better than uh, men in, in a way. Well, at least with hookers and what have not. And yeah. plus him, you know, I've done other... And he was also addicted to the whole uh, attention thing. Right. And I've done other ones who uh, have seen movies that have influenced their actions. Yeah. So, it's like... not... But in terms of, like, isolation and whatnot, just general bullying, that can lead to many things. Sometimes serial killers. That's, yeah. like, mostly the... F- Second to last uh, step on the how far can we push it? Yeah, last probably. step being generally suicide, of course. But like in terms of like, I can kind of see. I can see it being like nurtured, just not too early. Okay, Pers- cool. personally, it's not not too early. I feel like it was starting to nurture uh, after he started buying out whores, essentially. Do you think that his defense argument about being schizophrenic and insane? Do you believe that he was schizophrenic or insane? Not schizophrenic, I don't believe. Insane in a slight degree. Like, he was always living in a fantasy. But we're talking like insane to where you can't stand trial type of... Not that. Which meaning that he wouldn't be cognizant of what he was doing. No, no. He he was actively aware and became even more aware when he was in jail. Right, right. So, well, he wasn't, like, clinically insane. But I can see, like, an argument for for a slight amount. Like, he was... Kind of a saying because he was always in his little wonderland. And I agree with you. And so does the researcher because she put that I don't. But do you know why I disagree with the schizophrenic part? Go for it. Nowhere in here does his attorney say that he's hearing voices, anything like that. Nothing indicates schizophrenia. Yeah, I feel like we just kind of passed over that part, mostly because we were just trying to clear this up. But Yeah, uh, yeah. nothing says schizophrenia in what he did. And no yeah. signs. There's, there's no symptoms. Yeah, like nothing. He, not even during his murders, he was like, "Oh, I heard like some voice uh, told me to what? strangle." His, no, like like Son of that. Sam. You you know about you know about Son of Sam, right? Vaguely. Um, he heard the dog next door, who was a demon, I think, or Satan, tell him to kill people. He was called the forty-four caliber killer. That is a sign of schizophrenia. Yeah, but because like, you're hearing. Voices, you're hearing like voice. they're right fucking there. You're hearing voices, you're seeing things, etc. Right. Sometimes you're, they're like actual people to you, but they're to other people, they're just, it's just crazy. Exactly. It's like kind of, I know it's kind of unrelevant, but like it's kind of like skewing into a different dimension in a way for those schizophrenics. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of living in two different realities. Do you think that he is actually remorseful? Well... Now, now, kind of, like, after being on antidepressants, you've said that, you've mentioned about, like, oh, wow, these people are, I fucked up multiple families. I didn't just kill one person. But, like, while he's doing it, like, actively uh, killing, I'm not, I can't really say he was We're talking about, then. like, right now. And I right think now, that, yeah. I think that he is, too, and it's only because I've mentioned this before in other episodes that deal with prostitutes, is that... The one thing that nobody seems to realize is that, yeah, she might be a crack whore. She might be a hooker. But somebody probably cares about that person. A mother that hasn't seen her daughter. A father who hasn't seen her. A child. Um, something. But, you know, a sister or brother. Somebody cares about that fucking person. And now their family, there's no way to get that person back. Like, if they're, if they're doing it to support a drug habit, like the last victim, there's no way to... 
to fix that. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't send her to rehab. You can't get her clean. You can't help. She can't get her life straight because she's dead. Yeah. Not, not, not a fucking thing that she can do about it. Yeah. But like, yeah, like after he's finally in jail and whatnot, like, yeah, I can see him gaining remorse over time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can I can dig that. Just adjusting some levels here. <laughs> All right. You have anything else you want to add to this, bud? Um, I don't really have that much. Just I've more or less said everything. Groovy. All right. I'm going to wrap this one up. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Just type in at BrutalNation. We should pop right up for you and uh, get the whole story without any of my bullshit. And that, that can be good or bad. I kind of like my bullshit without any of my bullshit too it's kind of like only the second time i've been on the show <laughs> and i can i can tell just from both of these like both the researcher and scott across from me just kind of glaring at me but i keep rambling no like just now literally just now you know what <laughs> you don't pay attention to that twat because you're doing a good job I don't feel like it, but hey, thanks for the you praise. A good job, man. This show's copyright 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Have a good day.